Hi, everybody. Welcome to Girl Club. I am Cynthia Garrett, and uh, that would have been my husband in the background there, walking, walking out. Um, and you know, starting Girl Club today is really every morning. I kind of wake up, and if we're in the middle of a conversation, you know, I'll pray about where we're going in the conversation. A lot of times, it's just a prayer to follow the Holy Spirit closely which I highly recommend you start every day of your life with a prayer that you would follow the leading of the Lord for your day, because he's always leading somewhere. Um, today and on some mornings, I'll wake up and I'll hear something about a direction to go in. And the Lord has really been speaking to me, coming off of the heels of some of the conversations that we have been having um, about Proverbs and about the wisdom of Proverbs and about the entire book of Proverbs being Nothing more and everything more from God for us. It's wisdom for how to live our lives day to day. And Proverbs, you know, brings great wisdom, whether you're a believer or not a believer. So joining me today are Girl Club crew regulars, Christina Reynolds and Christina Boudreaux. <laughs> good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing this week? Good. Doing good. <laughs> yeah, good. We, we we come to you guys uh, some weeks, you know, after much growth and much processing on our own, you know, um, and uh, hopefully every week out of the overflow of our our hearts, wisdom will speak. So I just want to start us off in a quick prayer this morning, uh, Lord. I know I am tired and weary. It's been a heck of a week. And I know that the thing that we all need, everyone watching, each and every one of us who's a part of Girl Club this morning, the thing that we each need is wisdom, your wisdom every day for our lives. So today, Lord, as we apply ourselves to Proverbs, some of our favorite Proverbs, and also Proverbs for today, the ninth, I ask that you would open up a fountain of wisdom and that you would plant knowledge in the mind and heart of each and every one of us in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So I know you guys each brought your favorite proverb and I kind of thought, let's just read Proverbs for today. And the reason why I want to do this is because today is the ninth, right? So for each of you watching, you could get up every day of the month and read the proverb for that day. And that's a great way to be able to go through 31 days. So Proverbs 9 is really powerful. I read through it this morning already. And as we do go through it, I would love to invite you, uh, Christina and, and, and Christina, just stop me wherever something hits you here, you know, as we go through, because I think there's so much here. Um, so Proverbs 9, for all of you watching, grab your Bible or your phone and read along or just listen and then go back and read it later. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. 
to those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Wow. Yeah. This is so powerful, you guys, because if we go back, let's just go back to the beginning. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Well, that word set up in the actual Hebrew, uh, my Roger pointed me to this, means hewn out. Mm. So wisdom has hewn out its seven pillars. What this is actually saying to you is that this house that we're talking about in the beginning of this proverb is literally built on rock. It is rock. It's hewn out of rock. And it's hewn out its seven pillars, meaning seven, meaning the number of completion. So this house is built on the rock and it's complete. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's so deep because this house is built. Who's the rock? We know the rock is Jesus, right? This rock is literally, or this house is literally built on the rock as its foundation. It's built in Christ. And the seven pillars, because it's built on Christ and in rock, it makes this home complete. Mm. And I think just understanding this gives us guidance for how we need to be building our homes, you know? And for those of us who have Christ in our lives, who have Christ in our homes, we know that we're, we're built and complete, lacking nothing, right? right? And she's prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She's also set her table. Now this is this strong house, right? That's built correctly. And she sends out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city, which says to me that this home built on this rock is at the highest point of the city, right? It's built on foundation at the highest point. Um. Let all who are simple, so if you aren't wise, come to our, come to this house. If you don't have any sense, you can eat food in this house and drink from the wine mixed in this home, and you'll leave your simple ways, your lack of understanding behind you, and you'll live, and you'll walk in the way of insight. So I find this to be so deep because, you know, it's really saying that wisdom gives life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives life to everyone who comes around you, you know, and it's true. 
You know, how many of you are like the place that your friends go for insight and conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's really interesting the the contrast between the way of folly and the way of wisdom, because wisdom is like, come to my home that I've built, come have this meal that I'm, that is mine, that I'm giving to you. And, you know, in comparison with the woman of folly, which in my translations, you know, in yours, it said she is simple and mine, it says she is seductive and she knows nothing. Right. So, but she, she sits at the highest place and calls people in to her home and mm-hmm. she doesn't offer them what's hers. She offers what's stolen. She mm-hmm. offers them to eat things that are in secret, that are hidden, that are not like, she's not giving you anything. She's mm-hmm. going, come and do these things and basically be amongst the dead. You don't know yet. I, I don't, it's just crazy. The, the stability of come into my home, let me cover you, come and eat and drink of what I have to give you and you'll leave a better person. The contrast is come in and let's steal and let's do this and let's connive and, you know, and then we're going to all end up dead, but you don't know that yet, but I'm tricking you. Let's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a, it's like an invitation to do something as opposed to be at peace and be filled and, and be changed. I don't know, in a good way. No, so true. God, Christina, that's so good. And, you know, it's like, I thought this was interesting too. Folly, you know, this unruly woman, this unwise woman, she sits at the door of her house on a seat at the mm-hmm. highest point of the city. So her her foundation is a chair. Mm. Like it, her, it, it says nothing about her house being built and hewn out of rock. It has no pillars, her house. Mm. There are no pillars. There's no, there's nothing that's mm-hmm. solid, that's stable. She's, it's a completely incomplete home. Yeah. There's no reference to any completion in her home. Yeah. Okay. This is so random, but I just thought of, so like, like, I think like, I think of this as like different, like homes or family life, right? Like having a strong, stable family where like there, there are rules, there's discipline, there's boundaries, but within that there's abundance, there's come and eat, grab a snack out of the fridge. It's safer. There's a, there's a sense of security, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up in a home like that. I was like, Oh, my parents are so boring. Like, look at my friends over there. They get to like smoke weed and like hang out to all, they, they don't have to answer to anyone, you know? And like growing up later, <laughs> I'm thinking of the contrast of those different homes of like mm-hmm. hmm, the party animals who their parents didn't, didn't require them to do anything. They would party with them. Um, they had no boundaries, no discipline. And the feeling of like maybe in the moment it was fun, but how there's such a lack of security when you're talking about those mm. pillars being hewn by stone. There is, a, I mean, I think there's something about um, boundary lines and like um, discipline. I don't, not discipline, mm. like, you know what I'm saying, but like there's, there, there's a stability structure. in that structure, stability. right? And that's just immediately what it makes me think of, of like, oh, I used to think that was cool, but now I'm like, how dangerous was that? Right. Right. Which I love your translation and how it calls it because an unruly, you know, kind of that girl is usually a seductress. It's usually, it's a lifestyle that seduces you in, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it it's funny. There's this saying, I've always said it uh, from the time I was a young girl, you know, hell always feels like heaven when you're walking in the front door. Yeah. And it's just like the Holy Spirit just spoke that to me one year in the middle of something. And I was like, whoa, 
Nothing about mm. sin feels like sin when right. you're in it. Mm. It feels good. Yeah. Immediately, the, the, the immediate, the instant gratification of sin. Yeah. It's crazy that we'll buy in for that one moment, but then we don't realize that you have a whole lifetime of baggage and like yeah. oppression and depression and anxiety and suicide connected to that one moment of like fleeting pleasure. It's insane. Yeah. Right. Right. I also think that a lot of what's what's seductive about a house of sin, you know, a life of sin is that it it's easy. You know, it's like you said it, Christina, it's 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 immediate. It's immediate. It's easy. Anybody can go in. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you may not leave. You you won't leave there filled up with a sense of purpose and wisdom and Mm -hmm. safety, but you will be there in this sort of fun, unruliness, this lack of structure. There's no boundaries. You can do what you want. And it's everything, honestly, that worship of the flesh and worship of Satan, worship of this world is everything the world is built on. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Completely. You know, one of the things I, I, I love, you know, kind of going back to at verse seven, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you, but rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they'll add to their learning. That's so heavy because it's true. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, we were talking about having a teachable spirit, I don't know, last week, a couple weeks ago here. And I think it's such a trip because when you correct someone who is not wise, they just get angry at you. Mm -hmm. They don't even consider the correction. They don't mm-hmm. consider the rebuke, but I think when a person is, is 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 on a path seeking righteousness, they're seeking godly wisdom, they're seeking to live a correct life. When you yeah. bring them a correction in love, when you bring yeah. them instruction in love, they just they grow more. Yeah. yeah, they get wiser. They take it in. They know what they're taking from. They learn. They're actively yeah. seeking growth. And that yeah. makes for such a healthy environment on both sides of, of the equation, the one giving the instruction and the one receiving the instruction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. almost like the, the more, you know, it's like the other verse that says um, to those who have more more will be given. And like, yeah. and you even think of like the talents, like the whole, uh, I think it's Matthew 25 talking about, um, how like the master gives, you know, to one, he gives five to one, he gives three to one, he gives one and all that. And it's like the one who, like the one who got five and was, okay. Is it five or is it 10? I can't even remember. I should know this. My husband teaches it all the time. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, let's go to the parable. I think think you're right. I think it's, I think think it is five, but, but the point is like the person who has more and who's faithful with that more gets more. And the person who has less and who is not faithful will even get that taken away. It's like the way it's just interesting. So how, like, gave, okay, let's go with it. For it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. So mm. he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. 
But mm. he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing more. So master delivered to me five. Here I need five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Mm. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, master, you've delivered me two talents here. Here, I've made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid the talent you gave me in the ground. Here, now you have back what is yours, what you originally gave me. But his master said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. Mm -hmm. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You like literally mentioned one of my favorite Proverbs, Christina, because I see that about like every gift that God gives you, every mm -hmm. door that God opens for you, every mm -hmm. talent that you have, every amount of skill or, or opportunity that you have. This is the this is the passage that literally shifted me during the pandemic, sitting on my couch, three months in, and I went, you can literally stay in this same place in your mind, in your heart, in your spiritual walk, in your life forever. You can take this gift, these because God was giving me something. It was a, a mm -hmm. gift, an opportunity, a financial gift. You can live on this. You cannot, you know, you cannot put it away. You cannot invest it. You can take no risk and you'll be, you'll be in the same place. Or you can listen to what this scripture is saying. You can take what God gives you and you can begin to invest it and plant it and water it and grow it and make more with the little that you have. And I'm telling you, it hit me over the head because I realized to who, God is going to take away the opportunity that you even have if he yeah. keeps giving you opportunity and yeah. you don't make anything of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's wisdom right there. And that's why I'm going back to like uh, Proverbs 9. Yeah. You know, it's like when you instruct a wise man or even if you give something to someone who is wise, they are going to multiply that or they're going to do something mm -hmm. with it to where they can grow. And I mean, I've even seen this in like the secular world. You know, it, it really is a mindset issue. It is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is. And I think, look, a lot of things stop us from growing the talents we have. A lot of yeah. things stop us from trusting that if we've built our house on this rock called Christ mm -hmm. and we're complete because we've literally carved our seven pillars, our foundation out of Christ. Mm -hmm. then we're going to be okay. And, yeah. and we can take what he gives us and we can build more with it. We can mm -hmm. see multiply it 
And so that when we, we stand before God every day, we're saying, I took what you gave me. Look, I've multiplied it. Mm. That's what he wants. Right. Yeah. That's right. what he wants. He doesn't want us to say, look, I've taken what you gave me. And I was actually afraid. I, I, I was afraid I couldn't do anything with it. I was afraid to come back to you with nothing. So I just kind of hit it here. Right. There's no faith in that. Right. Yeah. It, it, that just reminds, I mean, I'm like, it's like so interesting. So a year ago, right before I moved to Newberry Park, it was then that the Lord really put it on my heart to literally take the seed of my savings account, which as a missionary is not a lot, right? And to invest it back in my modeling portfolio to really go like back in the industry. And this last year I've been working on my portfolio and I had one photo shoot left that I shot with the team. Like one of my, well, a friend of mine, um, she shot with the photographer that shoots everything for Urban Decay. And a lot of the, you know, these, these, these companies, like the photographers, they, they do like freelance stuff too. But she, I, I looked at her work and it was colorful and creative, like, like me. And basically I invested a lot in this last shoot for my portfolio, which the Lord put on my heart, like, this is going to go viral. Like, this is going to be like an amazing shoot. And I just was like, okay, sorry. There's like a vacuum in the background. Um, is it loud? Uh-uh. No. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, but for since, and I did that shoot in December and I've been sitting on it since December of last year, we are in October right now. That was the last shoot I needed to finalize my portfolio to finally submit all of my photos, which was like 11 photo shoots at this point to my agents that I have not submitted to. I have friends that are like, did you submit your portfolio? No, I haven't. Christina, you invested almost $14,000 in your portfolio. Wow. Like shooting with the top photographers in LA, the top makeup artists, like the top people, like, but it was, I I actually want to come through the screen and smack you, but I'm not going to do that right now. (laughs) And yes, like I was like, I would post photos like here and there or whatever, but a lot of it I think was sometimes we're afraid of not how, cause basically my portfolio before I was always so detached from my portfolio. So I'd be like, Oh, I was, that was just me like dressing up and that's not a true version of me, you know, but this portfolio with all of my creativity, everything that God has created me to be like my creativity, my color, my fashion, like who I am, like the, my portfolio tells the story of my life, you know, and who I am as a person. And I was so, and that's why it's literally like my whole heart. Like if my, if my heart were to be like an art gallery and my life were to be an art gallery, this is what my portfolio is. And I literally like this last shoot was $3,000. Intervention time, spiritual intervention time. And so this last, this last week, last Monday, literally the Lord was like, you have a deadline. Like this was when, when the Lord was finally, like he sent the prophets, right? He sent the Nathans and was like, Christina, you really got to finish your portfolio. Like my friends are being nice. And then finally, like Sunday, I, I read the Calvary road book from beginning to end. Right. Just about brokenness. Lord was like, you, this is, this is like, you need to be broken before you go back into this industry fully, Christina. 
then on Monday, I literally like sat down and I just like knocked that out. You know, like I finished, I, f- I finalized all my selects. I sent it to the photographer. She was so stoked. She was like, finally, because the whole team, like that, this is a, photo- like my friend Devin, she's a photographer for Urban Decay, but she runs a social media for L'Oreal and Urban Decay. Plus the makeup and hair people we use for the shoot. They were all like, we've never met anyone like you. We've never, like, and even for Urban Decay, everything they do is colorful. She's like, I've never worked with someone who's as colorful and all this stuff. But they're like, it's not just your look. It's just who you are, which is Christ in us, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole story. But it was really the Lord asking me, like, you took everything I've given you, this seed. And, like, but a part of me, sometimes we're afraid of how good something's going to be. And we're afraid of success. We're afraid Mm -hmm. of, like if we really were to invest this, like how the doors that could open the favor that could open. And I heard that from Lisa Bevere, like a long time ago, like sometimes it's our, we're not afraid of failing. We're afraid of being amazing and what that could be, you know? And that's really where I was at that. It's vulnerable to put your best foot forward and all of your heart and self out there. But that's what God has called us to do. And that's what the gospel is. And so I finally finished my portfolio. I'm like waiting for that back. And that is going to be a full fledged like launch. But I'm at a point where I'm just like, dude, when Jesus came to this earth, he gave all of who he was for me. And if I can't give all of who I am, even in my work, even in my going back in the industry, like we, this last Wednesday, our whole whosoever team, like Sonny, you know, he's one of our, the lead singer POD, he's one of our whosoever founders. Our whole team saw him in concert this last Wednesday. And dude, Sonny has put all of his heart into what he has done for the last 20 something years with his band. And the Lord was reminding me like, this is the fruit of what will happen if you choose to give your all. Like, look at Sonny's life, look at the legacy, look at who he has been as a believer in the industry. And he just was such a role model for me because I think I was afraid of crashing and burning again but it's funny knows who he is as a child of god and he's like killing it and you know finally finishing what i needed to finish was such a big like off my chest but yeah i represented the person who just buried it and was like oh okay i'm gonna bury it for like 10 months and the lord's like really and there's so much grace you know the lord gives us grace but there comes a point where He's like, I finally took that seed out of the ground and I was like, Lord, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give everything, you know, to this and I'm ready to watch the Lord multiply it, you know? Right. And, you know, it's, it's so, I mean, it's really interesting, you know, that, and this is why I love Proverbs because Proverbs leads you to more Proverbs, which leads you to more wisdom, which always leads you deeper into the word of God. And the reality is I mean, because I chose not to hide my, the, my talent, my, the opportunity, God has multiplied it so much, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. where I mean, I'm a property owner, with lots of property, you know, and, and it, it from oh. one small seed and it's not as much, it's not, it's not anything compared to many. It's a lot for, for what I thought, like God keeps, God blows our minds constantly, right? right? We use and invest our talents and Christina, it's like Boudreaux. It's like, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there listening to you and I'm like, this is the classic example, right? You, why do we hide our talents? Why do we bury 
our opportunities and the doors that God opens for us? Why won't we walk through them? I think it's a combination of fear. Maybe it's a little spiritual laziness because in all of our getting of wisdom, we're missing the different areas and the many areas of wisdom God wants us to also be looking at. I think it's distraction. I think a lot of us can fill our lives up with, we have a lot of stuff that keeps us busy. We make ourselves busy at work. We make ourselves busy at school. We make ourselves even busy with ministry. You know, like we make ourselves busy, even planning the good things that we do in ministry. God's not saying don't plan that, but he's saying, but your plate's big enough that you could be focused on more. And what are you spending your time doing that you're not able Mm. to multiply this talent, this Mm -hmm. opportunity? that I've given you, you know, are you, you know, a lot of times I think when you're young, it's I'm hanging out with friends, hanging out. If I had back, and I say this with all my heart, if I had back the hours, the days, the years of time that I spent hanging out with friends, especially (laughs) friends who didn't have goals, who really weren't going anywhere, who, who were, you know, Let's have a drink and hang out. Let's get drunk and hang out. Let's smoke some weed and hang out. If I had all that time back, I would have been Oprah Winfrey and not someone else. Real talk. And because I know the power inside of me that God has given me when I'm focused and I'm moving with him in a Zoom called godly direction. Yeah. Right. Right. Can I, can I just, yeah. Miche, just she actually posed a really good question that I think is actually a uh, it's a very popular co- uh, question within Christian mindsets. So I just want to read it real quick because I have a lot to say about it. Um, but she said, but are we being too self-centered wanting to be a success in our work if it's not a God-centered job? I'm an artist. How can God benefit from my artistic success? And I just want to say, God-centered job. I think a, God, a God-centered job is you being a Christian, loving Jesus first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then being completely faithful with stewarding the gifts and talents that he gave you. It it may be like an investment. It may be, you may be a really talented artist. You may be a really talented singer, really talented at doing accounting. I mean, it could be anything, but I think for me personally, I believe that God gets the most glory when we are doing what we love, when, when we are walking in the fullness of the talents that he gave us. So for you, it's being an artist and for you to be artistically successful for, for your art to get in front of people, to provoke people, to think, to ponder, to be moved. That's all coming from a place of loving God. So that I believe is not being self-centered at all. And I think that's actually what the what Matthew 25 is talking about with the talents. He's not going, I need you to make money for me, or I need you to only like get like uh, evangelistic converts in the church. No, he's going, I gave you specific yeah. talents in a specific arena. And I'm asking you to steward those well, because it's not only for the glory of God, but it's also for you, the, the fulfillment of yourself. You know what I mean? Like he created us with desires, with passions. Like, like I'm very artistic. If I were told, Hey, in order for you to have a God-centered job, you need to go be a missionary in Africa. I would utterly die. But to people on the outside, they would think, oh, that's so godly. That's so, you know, that's ministry. That's heralded in the church, you know, as opposed to maybe 
maybe I just want to paint or maybe I want to do spoken words or write songs that may not even be overtly about God, but are coming from a place of my experience with God. You know, it's like we really I really want to just cut that and nip that in the butt of like like judging like what is God centered, what is not God centered and totally. and 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 taking out that whole like oh no, like I can't do what I love because then that's not holy or that's not mm-hmm. worthwhile in the kingdom. Like that's a lie. We were all created with like tons of different, diverse, beautiful, unique gifts. And we can't all do the same thing, nor do we want to do the same thing. That would be useless. And I'm now I'm ranting because now I'm just like, and I feel like that's like a huge part of why the church is having to really, let me, let me rephrase this. I don't want to say anything that's going to be bad, but my point is, I, I think that's why the voice of the church has been a bit weak. It, you know, it's just been another voice within all the other noises in the world. It hasn't been, it hasn't had that authority, hasn't had that authenticity because we have literally put God and Christianity into this little box. And we've been like, if you don't fit in this, then you're not a part of our crew. And that I'm just so over that. And I feel like that was 2020 breaking us out. And I'm just, I'm sorry. I just had to. <laughs> no, I totally, I, I feel you. I feel yeah. you, Christina and Miche. You know, for the you write for, for the fulfillment of yourself. Thank you. Understand though, what Christine is saying is the fulfillment of your of who of yourself. It's not the fulfillment of yourself in a selfish way. It's right. the fulfillment of who God made you. That's what you've got to fulfill. What God right. made you to fulfill. Only Miche can fulfill Miche's road, Miche's talent, Miche's mm-hmm. artistic expression, right. but it's got to be centered in you. I, I I love this. You know, P new, you got it, Patty. God is the ultimate artist. Look right. at the flowers, look at the array of human diversity that he created. Absolutely. God loves his creation. He didn't make the sun look like the moon. He did not make Look at me, Christina and Christina Boudreaux. Look how different we look. You know, he loves this. That's why I think slavery and oppression and racism of any kind is wrong. Because all you're doing is saying, I hate what God created. That's not godly. That's why Christians Mm -hmm. know, okay, that's not right. You know, that's what made Abraham Lincoln really, that's what picked at him and picked at him and picked at him so much so that he was like, we have to end slavery in our nation. This is not godly. We're using scripture. No, scripture cannot justify and will never justify the oppression mm. of anyone based on something like their skin color. You know, yeah. by the way, Paul, the apostle Paul was a tent maker. That's very creative. I assure you, if I decide tomorrow, y'all, that I'm going to make tents for a business, my tents are going to be fly. They're probably going to have flowers. They're going to be embroidered. Like I'm going to make, as a matter of fact, I always think I'd love to own one of those five-star glamping hotels. Oh, yeah. oh, that's tent making at it's like on steroids. So Paul was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm a tent maker. I'm not going to pay attention to this gift, this opportunity God gave me to grow my tent making business. No, I bet you Paul was thinking the more successful this business is, the more I can take care of myself and supply my need so I don't have to ask for anything from others. I can just give them the gospel. I can just be in relationship needing nothing from no man 
except that he or she would come to know and love Christ. Come on. Like Mm -hmm. if that's not using your talents for the most incredible thing, but, but what's the root of your motivation? Right. That's what you got to ask yourself. So Miche, you have to pray into that. What's the root of my motivation with this gift of singing God gave me? How can I impact the kingdom of God through my voice? It may not be that you only sing Christian music, but it may, you'll always, now you're going to always live according to your Christian life, right? But it might be that the music you sing funds the ministry that you have. It might be that, you know, simply that who else is going to share Christ in those rooms that you go into? You know, I mean, it's funny because Christina Boudreaux, you you know Brian Welch from the band Corn, because Brian is one of the whosoever's. And someone said to me a, a few weeks ago, well, I have a little bit of issue with that. I mean, I know Brian is a Christian, but how can you really be a Christian and be in that band? And I was like, wait, whoa, what? Seriously? I was like, because Brian loves Jesus so much and I'm not called to be in a rock band like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to share Christ in those places, but Brian can, and he does. So he's taken the talent God's given him and he's multiplying it. And he does it always thinking about Christ and the, you know, the money that he makes. I know cause we're business partners. He's so honest and integral with his money. He's the best business partner I have ever had because he's so trusting. He's so integral and so Christ-centered and trusting of me that I just want to be trustworthy. Now that's growing the kingdom of God, you guys. Right. When you're dealing with people that are so godly, you just want to be more godly in return. Right. Right. And I think that's like, that also poses just another, another reality that, I mean, I, uh, who is it? I don't know if it's Francis Assisi or whoever. I'm butchering this, but um, one of the saints said, "Preach the gospel at all times, and on very certain occasions, use words." And I'm you know, just talking about like the witness of our lives. Like, like, like someone actually told me the other day, they're like, "Christina, I think you have a bit of evangelism in you," and I freaked out because I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm not like when I think evangelism, I think I have to have a word from the Lord. I have to go. To, I have to go up to the person on the corner of the street. I have to like heal them. Da-da-da-da. Like you know, there's like this." this very like narrow definition in my mind of evangelism. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, wow, like Mm -hmm. if it, if it was by definition of my life, then yes, I'm all for it, you know? And, um, and I think that's where, where you shining the brightest that you can in the lane that the God, that God created you to be in, that is going to be preaching the gospel. It's going Mm -hmm. to be bringing down the kingdom of heaven on earth. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be testifying of who Jesus yeah. is. There's, there's other, there's another quote that's like, you know, um, let it be that like every time you, you talk to someone or you encounter someone, they would, they would leave feeling like they met Jesus, you know, and that, that really comes like that, that takes you out of the, should I not be successful or should I be successful? That, that makes you go, I want to choose wisdom. I want to cultivate a life within my gifting that has that type of fortitude, that type of like impact where it's not about, you know, what I say with my mouth or like, did I tell, did I give them the three points of the gospel perfectly? Did I read their mail? Did I hear from God correctly? You know, it just simplifies it. 
You know what I mean? And like, and that when you like press into wisdom and you press into that place with the Lord, that will really be your safeguard for like your, your heart motivations. You know, because I'll tell you, I've been in a place where I was like, I want to be famous for you, Jesus. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, thank God I'm not famous because I would not be living for you, Jesus. You know, and I'm like, really like, oh, thank you for anonymity. Like, like you are shielding me and you're allowing me to like continue to cultivate that inner life. So when the opportunity or the what the gift or whatever comes, I can like walk through that door and be fully confident that I will be with Jesus the entire time. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm looking for this, this um, I'm looking for this, this because this is so amazing to me and some of you in other parts of the world, hopefully us too, know that this speech, my favorite speech, well, I should say one of my favorite speeches made by Nelson Mandela which was actually written by Marianne Williamson, a, a, a Christian woman. And, um, and it, it's, it's, it's a quote that is my favorite. And it's a quote that really, I think, is just perfect for this whole uh, conversation. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our yes. deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It mm-hmm. is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves... Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God and your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel (sighs) unsure around you. Amen. (laughs) We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's in right. everyone. As we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Amen. Oh, yes, I know that quote. That is that Dude, is that's facts the quote right there. That I think Lisa Bevere put in her book. Oh, it's 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 it was it's the speech that Nelson Mandela made famous, wow. which when you think about him uttering these words after being wrongfully imprisoned and mm. victimized for 25 some odd years. Right. Right. But it was written by Marianne Williamson, a Christian woman. And a lot of people don't even know, cause I've had people say to me, well, they, they don't know if Mandela was a believer or not. And I always wanted to know because I always thought, um, go South Africa. Yes. My sisters are watching in South Africa. I always thought, I knew even as a young girl hearing about Mandela and watching it become this issue around the world and not really understanding it as an American, but knowing that there was injustice going on and he, he seemed like a beautiful human being. Then he came out and he was voted president, which I knew said something about South Africans because you don't win. You know, it's like people say that racism is the biggest issue in America. And I say, no, the lie of racism is the biggest issue we have in America because you don't, Obama didn't win because black people voted for him. We have 3% of our country is black. Obama won because white people, brown people, black people, yellow people, red people voted for him. So don't give me this lie of that. Let's cast the vision that we've gone further and keep going further and getting better. But Mandela is so special to me because I just knew 
he has to be a Christian. He had to be a Christian because he forgave everybody. He's not bitter. I'd watch him speak and I'd go, he's so peaceful. You can't be a, you can't go through what he went through. And I know, right? Look, the three of us on this screen have all experienced sexual abuse. Okay. You know, I know when I look at the two of you, there's not peace in your eyes and in your hearts and mind because you don't, because you, you met like, I don't know, Kabbalah. <laughs> no, there's peace in your heart and mind because you know, Jesus. And so I had the pleasure of finding out from Pastor Ray McCauley over there in South Africa uh, that Mandela, who he was a friend of Mandela's, that Mandela was very much a believer, very much a Christian. And that's the peace and the light that sh that shone forth from him. And it mm. all drew me in, you know, and here was a man who took his talents, his opportunity, and he used it to serve the Lord, really. Mm. Now, what his party has done with the country and all of that, that's a whole other conversation because I think, unfortunately, many good leaders are followed by many men who just want the position and the power. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do the work on the inner man, the inner yeah. self, on the God in them to actually emerge good leaders, which actually kind of brings me to my other part of Proverbs 9 that we read today. That is so powerful, so powerful. And it's everything. The fear of the Lord is the beginning yeah. of wisdom and knowledge of the yeah. Holy One is understanding for through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom itself will reward you. If mm. you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, if every leader in all of our nations, if we actually knew this and really lived this, it would be a different world. And mm -hmm. I think that truly, even in our own lives with believing the word of God about something like, you know, our talents and our opportunities, if you fear the Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom and your yeah. wisdom will reward you. So if you fear the Lord, Follow the scripture. Listen to these scriptures. Listen to these parables that Jesus gave us. Yeah. And it's going to reward you. So like I, you may not know how it's going to reward you. Like Christina, you may not know, like you may have gone, I don't know how this portfolio is going to reward me, but I know that I felt to take my talent, invest in it to try to increase it. And then what do you do? You turn it over to the, you turn it over to the Lord. You, you put it to work and then yeah. you see what the increase is and you bring that increase to the Lord. Well, yeah. what if God is waiting for you to, so that he could increase you in that sphere in modeling so that he can give you a bigger platform, which sure it's going to provide for you financially because you, you need to be provided for financially because maybe nobody's going to be giving to your ministry, but yeah. that platform is going to be a platform for ministry. Right. In industry yeah. of young women who are struggling with self-esteem, eating disorders, mm -hmm. and all manner of abuse who need to hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. But yet if you hid that talent, that portfolio under a rock for much longer, who's to say that God wouldn't have said, you know what, Christina, I tried with you. Let me raise up Jane. Mm -hmm. Oh, he'll do it. 
We'll do it, girl. I'm trying. The Lord has been patient. It's been He will do it. A year ago. When, actually, no, I started redoing my portfolio in September of last year. I think actually Christina has to go. Yeah, so I'm sorry. So sorry. Goodbye, you. Okay, goodbye guys. We'll wrap, up, love we'll wrap up. Love you. See love you. Josh, good luck with this game. I will. Today. Yeah, my son is playing football right now. So I go. Okay. Bye, bye guys. Bye. Go on. Yeah, you. you know, it was literally a year ago that the Lord put it on my heart to do my, to redo my portfolio. And this last shoot that I did was last December, right before I went to Florida for Christmas. And I literally leave for Florida again this next week, but I don't know. What was that? Like like 10 months ago was December. And the Lord's just, the Lord is so patient with us. Right. And he's just like, girlfriend, why, why are we taking so long? But, you know, I think during this time, the Lord, even on the flip side of that, I wouldn't have said that even in December that I was ready if I would have gotten my whole portfolio back because there was a work the Lord had to do in my life where my character, where my confidence, my courage didn't match what my portfolio, like I just kind of put everything into like, you know, my portfolio, but really since moving to Newberry park, I, the Lord needed to heal me. You know, the Lord needed to heal me. He needed to do all this stuff. Um, I needed to, I needed to be whole again from the inside out. So when I truly go back in that, I was able to go in not as a wounded girl coming out of an abusive home, but I needed to come in really like I have, my head is clearer than what it's ever been. My confidence is higher than what it's ever been. And going in now, it was like, I think the Lord so much because my portfolio is that good that if I would have been wounded going in, I would have even been looking to the industry to mend my brokenness. Like how you see so many people in the world, people look to their career. They look to a gifting and the affirmation and validation they get from that to mend them. And, but I think the Lord needed to do a work where there came a point where I was like, I'm good. If I never go back in, I have a killer portfolio but I don't even have the need like for my own self-esteem. I don't need it. But going back in now, I'm like, my confidence is fully in Christ, not in ministry, not in modeling. Mm -hmm. When I go back in, I'm just like, I'm ready to kill the game for you, Lord. Like I'm ready to be a light for you and to everything the enemy's thrown my way. Like let's throw it back, you know, with what you've given me and what you've called me to do. So like, I'm just ready to run, you know, like before, like I was running with a broken heart because of just what I walked out of with my family. But now I'm just like, dude, I've got, you know, I'm just ready. So I think there's times where the Lord, you know, he, he grows us, but there came a point where he's like, okay, girlfriend, we're, we're done dragging our feet. It's time, you know? And I think a lot of you guys out there, if there's things you're dragging your feet on, don't drag your feet anymore. Let my life be an encouragement to you to and a rebuke at the same time don't if god has called you to apply for that job apply for that job if he's called you to start that ministry to step out and serve in that ministry at church to finish that record label to finish that art piece to you know get married you know to do whatever it is god's called you to do just do it don't drag your feet. Cause like Cynthia said, he could raise up someone else. That's what he told Esther. 
He told Esther, if you don't rise to the occasion, he said, deliverance will come somewhere else from the Jews. But who knows? Actually, yeah, what Mordecai told her, but who knows if God hasn't brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this? Right. Right. That God will use someone else. Right. But maybe, just maybe, God has put that in your heart because he wants to use you. Right. Yeah. And 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 in, you know, when you are chosen, called like that, when you are called like that, I, I think, I think the rewards are so great. You know, the fulfillment that I have when I know I'm, I've partnered with my father in this and it is not my success. It's my father's success and the increase of my position, my opportunity, my talents. It is not me. It is my father through me. Whew! The way that you feel, you know, the, the power that you feel that, and you know that you walk in and the, the humility that it gives you and the love that it gives you and, and the feeling of being loved that it gives you. It's all, it's so, it's almost impossible to put it into words, you know? And I got to tell you, I mean, you said it, it's like, just do it. You know, I think about Nike, you know, the world is always kind of taking pieces of scriptural godly truth and using it for their, their, their themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Just do it. What a slogan. Because athletes know at a certain point, you've done your training. You've prepared your body and your mind. You, you, you want to win that race. You want to enter into that journey or that match or that, that competition. Stop talking about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and, and I think, and I would like for today to serve as an active activation of sorts for a lot of you watching, whatever it is that you feel you've been gifted to do, whatever it is that you, you know, you're being called to just do it, take yeah. a step toward it. Don't yeah. be afraid to walk away from doors that are always open behind you and go through the door that might be open in front of you only for a season. Because who's to say you didn't come into the world for exactly this purpose, exactly this time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have a fear of the Lord and you have built your house on wisdom, you're not the unruly, crazy woman who's built her house on on deceit and stealing and sin and seductiveness. No, we read through Proverbs 9 today. Those of you watching are here because you have chosen to carve your home out of the rock that is Christ. The pillars Mm -hmm. of your foundation are godly. They are righteous. You are solid now. In all of what you're doing, now listen to him and to what he's he's calling you to have your house be about. There are talents in your house. You know, how are you going to use them? You know, and it is all for his glory. You know, Christina taking a step to use your gifts is 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 taking a step to allow God to be multiplied through you. Because mm-hmm. I know you, you're solid. I know that you're not going to compromise if they say, okay, we want you to take off all your clothes and we want you to do this little sinful thing. You'd be like, ha, 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 let's go to church right now. Let me now yeah. tell you about my God up here in this yeah. room and I'll all y'all ask you to compromise. Like God knows, mm. he knows, you know, I'm not the same little girl I was in my twenties, you know, say the, the enemy can't even, there's very little the enemy can come at me with 
mm-hmm. you know, where I, I mean, I just would laugh like, oh, please, yeah. please yeah. you know, so yeah. God needs the strength of our character, daughters, sisters, mm-hmm. friends. He does. He needs the strength of our character. And more than anything, he needs us to know who we are in him, because I, I the reason why this speech always resonated with me is because I realized that maybe my deepest fear wasn't that I was inadequate. Maybe my deepest fear was that I was powerful. And Mm -hmm. by playing small, I could keep my same circle of friends. By playing small, I had security and comfort because, you know, I was in a place and those people were going to be in that place Mm -hmm. and I could fit in there. I didn't know if I could fit in up there, out there, over there. So we kind of play small, you know, to to control things. God is not about control. God is about faith. Yeah. God is about trust. God is about, I gave you this. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Like, honestly, I think there is like so many of us as even over this last year, as I've gotten healed and whole, you know, and even actually I would probably say over these last two years, some of you guys are playing small because you have people in your life that are keeping you there. Circumstances. Like I had, you know, family situations where I was in a very unhealthy situation that um, I couldn't have grown if I was in a soil pot that had weeds in it. I had to remove myself because a, a, a plant, if it's in a pot and if it's getting overgrown from that pot, will get root rot. And you have to remove your, like, you have to remove that plant from that pot and put it in a bigger pot or plant in the soil. And I had, you know, even an old, like an old friendship of 10 years that I felt like I had to hold on to because I had to like pour into this person's life. But really this, this friendship was, was quenching me in a lot of ways. And a year and a half ago, the Lord removed that friendship um, because really that friendship, you know, this friend didn't want to see me succeed. This friend didn't want to see me flourish in who God created me to be and made me feel guilty for stepping into things, made me feel guilty for whatever. And I'm at a point now where because I've removed myself from an unhealthy home and because I distanced myself from that friendship a year and a half ago, that I am surrounded now by people that only want to see me succeed and people that don't want to see me succeed. It's like, I don't even allow those people in my circle anymore. Right. Like everyone in my life now is like, like, you know, even on the whosoever's team, they're like, girl, you better run faster. You know, there, I have people in my life that are just like, you bet, like you, you better finish that portfolio. Like you better Like, like, why aren't you running faster? Why aren't you shining brighter? And when you get healthy and whole, like, dude, you won't allow people that are going to stunt your growth. You know, there's so many, like an unhealthy person will allow those people in their lives, like unhealthy codependent people or whatever. Right. But now I'm at a point where it's like, bro, I don't have time for that. Like I only surround myself by game changers because that's what I want to be. Yeah. You know, the same thing when I look at Cynthia and Roger, like your guys' circle, I'm like, yo, 
you guys are surrounded by only the most powerful people who want to see you guys grow in business. Like, you know, like head Brent head Welsh from corn, like, like, you know, doing like, you know, business with you guys, with your homes and stuff. It's like, dude, you only want those people in your life. Cause that's all you can afford like spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's true. And it's like, you want people around you that want you to make manifest the glory of God within you. It's yeah. just like, it's just like this, you know, the speech says you want people who know that you're a child of God and who know that you're playing small doesn't serve the world. Mm-hmm. And I love it. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel unsure around you. I used yeah. to do that all the time. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. It is not just in me or Christina or the girl club leaders or crew. It is in all of you. It's in people around you who are watching Mm -hmm. and you need to help them find it. Because just like it says here, as we let our light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. And as we get liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Fear is the opposite of what? faith. Mm. Fear and faith can't live in the same temple. If there is fear in you, get on your knees right now Mm. and ask God to forgive you of the spirit of fear and to break the spirit of fear off of your life and Mm. to give you a spirit of faith because he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind scripture, right? So the only thing you should fear is fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. So, you know, and as Proverbs says, man, in all you're getting, get wisdom. Because mm. then you end up diving in and coming out here, right? Yeah. Right where we're going to finish today. You come out in a place where you go, okay, I got something. Mm. I got something from you, Lord. My prayer for each and every one of you today is that you got something. And, you know, Christina, just before we go, you had a conversation with my niece summer about Mm -hmm. modeling and encouraged her to pursue a a dream of hers. She took a step toward it, you know, got an agent, right. And kind of got started. And it doesn't mean you guys that you're not going to have challenges or resistance Mm -hmm. or a season where you have to be patient While the opportunity, the open door, the talent kind of grows and the seed that you planted, it germinates, but you have to keep watering it. Mm. You have to keep watering what you planted. Christina had to keep working on the portfolio. She had to then finally, when the portfolio was done, be the one to send the portfolio in. And then one man plants Another man waters, but only God gets the increase. Now it's on God to get the increase that he wants in the gifting that he's given Christina. But if, but Christina, if you never sent the portfolio in, mm-hmm. the, the seed dies. It would yeah. die on the ground. Yeah. Because you, the last cup of water was you going, okay, now I'm going to put it out there. It's in yeah. motion now. Yeah. Yeah. So... For all of you today, just as we close in prayer, man, I just pray and I I, I pray that there would be a breaking of any spirit on any of your lives that Mm -hmm. is holding you back, that is telling you that 
you are born to be small. That is telling you that you're not enough, that you can't do it. I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. All spirits of fear, you have to go right now in Jesus' name. I pray a clear directed path. The Lord says, I will direct your footsteps. I pray that each and every one of us, your daughters here would have our footsteps directed in exactly the direction, in exactly the abundance, in exactly the identity, Lord, that you want us to walk in. And in Jesus name, Lord, I pray that not one girl who is a part of girl club or one woman or man that would listen and watch this recording later, not one of them, Lord, would ever play small again. I pray an increase of the light that shines in each and every one of them. And I pray success for each of them, abundance for each of you. And I pray that the glory of God would be made manifest in your life from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Well, thanks, CB. Thank you. So yeah, fun. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And I hope each and every one of you is has a good week. And I and I hope to get some praise reports and um, from all mm-hmm. of you. Amen. So we gotta go, you guys. It's been another week of Girl Club. We love you. Love you guys. Bye bye. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.